Hey everyone, this is Anne. We're having such a great time making this podcast and we wanna keep making it. Right now we have enough subscriptions to pay Melody through early March. Listener support is our primary way of funding this project and we may get around to experimenting with ads, but for now we depend on you. If you're able to pitch in five bucks a month, it goes a really long way in making this show sustainable. Remember that if you're already a paid subscriber to the Culture Study newsletter, you get a discount on the podcast subscription. If you can't figure out how to make that work, just email me, get in touch. And if there's someone you know who'd like a subscription but can't swing it in their budget, you can also gift them one. Head to culturestudypod.substack.com to see how you can support the show. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm starting recording. Do you have the towels? I have the towels, yeah. Okay. Well, I should set the scene that it's about 40 degrees. And no, it's like 45. 50. <laughs> no, it's colder now. It's said 50 on my thing. 45. Okay. It's raining. We're coming down to the beach. We're meeting our friends. Hey, Beth and Joe. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay, Charlie, do you have our towels out? I have a timer. What are we shooting for? I don't know. Two, three minutes? Oh, I'm going to do... Six minutes? No, I'm going to do two. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm going to do two. Okay. I, I think you'll get used to it after two. Now. No, but I'm. that's so, all I'll I need. I'll set it for three, and then... I'll give a shout out at two. Your bones will tell you when, when it's, it's time. I've been doing cold showers. This is vastly different. Okay. Are you gonna hold that in your hand? Yes. No. <laughs> We're waiting. We're ready. <laughs> Joe, usually, you usually I'm going from like a warm space. I know it's a little harder when you're not. <laughs> Culture Study Podcast, and I'm Ann Helen Peterson. And I'm Charlie Warzel. I'm a staff writer for The Atlantic and Cold Plunge Enthusiast. You're my partner. You live in the same house as me. Hello. <laughs> and you are a person who has encouraged me to cold plunge several times in the past. You are a person who has looked at cold plunge, like, devices that go in your backyard online seriously, even though we live on the ocean cold ocean <laughs> yes i that's all correct um i am a little more i would call myself a little more than cold plunge curious is probably how i, I would frame it right um yeah i've looked at the literature i've done the browsing i'm ashamed to say that i've like 
hovered my mouse over the more info button on like a $6,500 ceramic <laughs> filtered cold plunge tub that we can't afford <laughs> and should never have in our backyard, especially because like we have access, as you said, to um, abundant cold water um, in the form of, of, of an ocean. Uh, so yes. So I, I've been, I've been sort of had a little bit, I think like I, part of why I am happy to come and talk about this is because like I can both look at it from the standpoint of like the internet, which is the thing that I write about a lot and the sort of like the personalities and like the influencer style of that, but also like as a mark, like I am straight up, I've been targeted by the Instagram ads by the podcast, the wellness sort of industrial complex, and I feel its presence. Um, and I feel like working on me. How would you rate my cold plunge that we did this past week? <sighs> well, you didn't get in because you had to hold the phone to get the audio <laughs> all the way. And that I was, was up to my shoulders. I know that's a tactical mistake, though, because what you want is you want to get up to sort of like the neck, not just because it's like the hardcore thing to do, but also like it's just it's more it's helpful. Like you don't want the wind to cut across and like expose some of that flesh. Like it's it's a little it's almost like warmer in the water. Plus, after a little bit, it like numbs those those senses so that like, you know, you're not you're actually sort of like you're feeling more and less at the same time. Um, yeah, but. You know, I, I think, I think you, something I really like admire about you in general is you, you don't want to like suffer unduly and something that I need to work on myself is that like, I sometimes equate (laughs) suffering with like, just like good. Um, so when you get out, sometimes I'm like, she should sit in for another minute. Uh, but (laughs) also, um, you know, maybe you just know you don't want to be uncomfortable and that's I mean you could hear in the audio there's places where we're like I can't feel my fingers (laughs) yeah that was the and I know that the numbness is like part of it like that's part of the process um but I also like I think for me personally understanding that limit of like okay I'm underwater I'm breathing through like the discomfort and there's a line between discomfort and like torturing myself that's an interesting line. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because like I think that's really undefined just in general in in the cold plunging community, right? Or like yeah. in like the stuff about it. Like it's it's interesting to know where the discomfort moves into just becoming a virtue for virtue's sake or if there's actually like a certain amount of benefits at a certain thing. Like, you know, there's there is like any sort of hobby or any kind of culture different benchmarks right and like people like lowering the floor like can i get into you know like 30 can i break 40 right in my degrees right and so like the the plunge we did together there on that's on tape is the coldest that i've ever felt in one right it was like a 45 degree day it was raining the water was about was about 45 degrees at the time which is really cold like it's really actually quite chilly and so like there's a point there where like you actually don't like you don't want to stay in too long. Like, that's like where hypothermia comes in. Like you don't want to be hy- hypothermic. That's not that's not like helpful. No medical professional would want you to be that way. So I would rate my plunge a success because I stayed in for two minutes and like twenty seconds, and then also got out. So that to me that is success. success. No, that, yeah. that and is. next time I'll go to my shoulders. It's totally fine. Um, we have so many questions. And they're all like 
kind of in the same vibe. Like they're all basically like, why, why bros? Is this real? Um, but I think <laughs> the first one is just a basic why. This is from Aaron. My question is about cold plunging, specifically why, just why? I know the supposed reasons, brown fat, increased cold tolerance, a buzz akin to runner's high. But is any of that real or is it just bro-y pseudoscientific biohacking that's been rebranded as wellness? Why do people actually do this, like this, make a ritual out of risking hypothermia and cardiac damage? Okay, Charlie, will you outline for me the way that you have in several conversations in the past, the supposed benefits of cold plunging? Yes. Um, I think, first of all, I feel so weird, like listing this out because it almost makes me like, like complicit in it. Like, um, and I gotta say like full honesty, like I, I legitimately don't know if this is just snake oil or not. And that's part of the interesting thing. Like I, I legitimately couldn't tell you, uh, every time I read something about it, I feel like if I read it from like a cold plunge website or people who are into it. They're like very adamant about the benefits. And then you read scientists and doctors talk about it. And they're like, I I don't know. There was a study that they did in like, you know, lab rats and (laughs) it doesn't translate to humans (laughs) or the study was like eight people. And that was in 2014. And like, we don't know now. And then like, I read something on like, I I believe it was like the American Heart Association. That's just like, no, don't like, stop. You're not a polar bear. Like, do not, do not do this. (laughs) Or like, you know, don't do it too cold and too fast. Aggressively. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The benefits as they are outlined by all the different people that the questioner uh, laid out there, the, the most obvious one is like anti-inflammatory benefits, right? And that is like, that can go as surface level as like after working out, you know, it gives you, yeah. gives you a, a chance to sort of like, I mean, you see athletes all the time taking like ice baths or like pitchers in yeah. baseball, or, like the classic ones, just like dunking their, you know, uh, elbows in there to, to reduce inflammation. I think that's pretty like standard. I don't think there's anything like yeah, crazy. Yeah. About like that. no one's like, we should stop icing. Right. You know, exactly. icing. <laughs> it's it more works. like, and if you, we should ice our whole bodies kind and, of thing. Yeah. If you dunk yeah. your whole body in there, like I, I honestly, like I, I'm dealing with like a little bit of like a, uh, runner's injury and like it feels better right just like it feels better when you go in a hot tub like it, doing that hot and cold that that has benefits um there's this idea of like um how it works on on brown fat um again i'm not like what a doctor or fat? scientist i mean good question this is one of those things i just say and <laughs> I just sort of <laughs> hope that no one like you calls me out on it. Um, it's adipose tissue, uh, according to the Cleveland Clinic, uh, that regulates your body temperature in cold conditions. So it activates before you start to shiver. Um, brown fat burns calories and it's stores like energy. Blubber? I mean, I, I think I think we, <laughs> that's look, the way I'm going to think of it. Let's just like let's blubber, just even that. if that's not precise. People are going to probably get mad at me on online for no. Uh, they'll get they that. can get mad at me. I'm well, the one. Who's I, I'm used to it too. To right? Let's yeah. <laughs> go nuts. Um. Anyway, there's an idea that this activation's like really good because there's not a lot of things in the world that that activate that. Um. And you know there there's a sort of like a caloric um element to this that um. Has, so it's think, like diet culture. I think right? it's been pretty debunked, though. Like that, like yeah. that the sort of the activation of that brown fat burns like 
like two or three more calories per minute or what or whatever than than you normally would. Uh, so yeah. it's like it's really unless you're in the tub for like you know hours on end, uh, you're not gonna see like really any any noticeable difference. Um, there are sort of you know there are thoughts that you know putting just like running or something like that that putting some cardiovascular strain on your body is just naturally good to do. Then there's the sort of like the inflammation on a, on a larger scale, right? There are people who have said, I struggle sort of like chronically with like back issues or like gut inflammation or blah, 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 you know, like these sort of larger sort of inflammation issues that are sort of chronic. Inflammation is such like a, like someone suggested that we do an episode just about inflammation as like a buzzword in wellness because somehow like there's all these foods and supplements and cold plunging that you can do to cure it because apparently like we are just inflamed beings it's it's everywhere right like they're just like yeah i get those instagram ads all the time where it's just like some guy who just like unbeknownst to me just like rips his shirt up and all of a sudden you just see like this distended belly and they're like you have got gut inflammation from eating (laughs) unnatural processed foods like you need you know ag1 green powder or whatever right um so there's definitely like an obsession with that and and it is sort of in that realm right of like like clearly there's like this is a real thing it's there are problems for people but like it can also sort of be used as like this all-encompassing bubble of um Mm. of like medical uh diagnosis anyway there's people who who say that like long term this really has benefits right so all those are are very contested by the science like it's it's not that like there isn't something there but it's like there's not really science that is like proving that or there's you know small base studies but it, it, a lot of it is like it is still like TBD I think is the way to say it right or or like mm-hmm undetermined at at this moment and then i think that that there's there's these other ones which i actually like this is these are the ones i subscribe to right which is that it activates a lot of endorphins right to to get in there like you get like a severe dopamine hit some people say have i've seen the comparison is like 25x what you you know the level of dopamine released when you do like cocaine or something like that so it's this idea that like you know it, it sort of makes you feel all these different extreme feelings. And there's something that is really addictive and, and both like lovely about that. And I, I would say every single time, like that's the one thing that is true to me as someone who's done it every single time I get out of there, I am like, I am alive. Right. And there's like, that's, that's like a nice, (laughs) that's a nice thing. And then the other one that I would say is really intriguing to me is that the culture around this says that, you know, doing an ice bath either every day or three times a day or whatever, just establishing like a regular cadence with it is doing something hard. Nobody wants to get into that that body of water, however big it is, whatever it is, the tub, like your body fights that, right? It activates that fight or flight sense in you. You, you shiver, you scream, you do all that stuff. And your body knows that once you've done it a few times, right? Like your hand trembles in the shower if you're like, if you turn it all the way down, right? Like you're, it's telling you, don't yeah. do this. This is going to be a bad thing. And some of these evangelists suggest that doing it all the time builds up a sort of resilience inside you, right? Like for other things, if you are used to doing this, if you can just like, you know, kind of say, okay, I'm going to do this, that it is sort of a tactic for building resilience that can show up in other parts of your life. And whether that's true or not, I don't really know. But I also find it like as a human in 2024 preparing myself to do things like if if that's something i can build that's 
I don't think that's a, a terrible thing. You know, a lot of that, at least the last stuff, that's stuff that you hear all the time in the distance running community or in any sort of like endurance sport that it's hard, but then when you're done, you feel good. I agree that when I get out of a cold plunge, I feel good. <laughs> like that's so weird to describe. You feel freezing. You feel like sopping. <laughs> like we we have to use our, our sneakers to go in because it's really slippery and, and rocky, but it still feels good. And it especially feels good if you can get into a hot tub or a hot shower afterwards. And that's the same feeling that I get after I do like a long, hard run. And also that's something that like when you're on mile 20 in a marathon, part of the work that you have put in in order to train to get there is by pushing through other points where you've said like, I'd rather not, right? Like I'd rather not go on this run. I'd rather not run this extra mile. And I think this is again where stuff gets contentious because there's a difference between say running through extreme pain in order to finish and to achieve a goal and running just when like you'd rather lay on your bed. Like that that's a I think that sometimes those two things get confused the same way that they could get confused when it comes to cold plunging. Yeah, I've tried to think about how it makes me feel sometimes and one of one of the thing it, it's similar almost in a way to like making your bed every day right when you get up yeah if you make your bed you've like you've done a thing right like they can't take that away from me like i'm starting the day (laughs) off right and then like who who makes the bed in our house i do i (laughs) i know because i'm the only one who can quote unquote do it right yeah okay (laughs) most capable person i know can't make the bed like i'm not buying it i Um, can't do it the way you can do it yeah exactly but I see it sort of like similarly, like on a day when I manage to walk my ass into the ocean and sit in it for a few seconds, like that's, that's a, like, that's a win. That's something like you, you kind of can't take away. Like I did, I did, we often say in our household, like after doing some exercise we didn't want to do or something like we did the hard thing. And like, that's, that's a hard thing that you can just chalk off the list. And there's, there's something great about that i mean obviously it feeds into the style of like you must be productive every day you must do so like but i i also genuinely think that like it's not a bad thing to feel pride in in a hobby right it's it's like almost the exact opposite of like the way that i feel after like scrolling tiktok right which is like a thing that like my body tells me i want to do and then i feel like garbage after doing it this is like a thing my body tells me i do not want to do that i feel like god after you know it's just crazy. <laughs> okay the next question is about how it became a trend let's hear from Alyssa, who's a paid subscriber so this excellent question was at the top of our list How did cold plunging go from a fringy activity embraced by Wim Hof and his followers and something that extreme endurance athletes use for post-race recovery to something so mainstream? And how did we take something so basic with such minimal barriers to entry and make it something that boutique studios charge upwards of $40 for? Okay, so first, I don't know who Wim Hof is, do you? Yes. Uh, Wim Hof is a Dutch man who has kind of become like a motivational speakery type fellow. And uh, he is known for um, doing kind of extreme things at cold temperatures. Like he climbs mountains barefoot or without a shirt on. Uh, He plunges Uh. in like the Arctic. 
he holds the world record for a barefoot half marathon on ice and snow. Um, and Ugh. he is sort of like the person who is most associated with cold plunging, but like from, from way, way back, um, well yeah, before yeah. it became a fad. But he created this. I mean, that's the thing is that like the polar bear plunge has been a th- like as far as I can remember yes. everywhere. Yes. Like in my hometown, like in, you know, big cities, people doing on Coney Island. It's also like a, a total, like it's just a big practice. Lots of places where there are oceans and lakes. Like this is not, this is something that has a long, 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 long history. And we know that. I think most people know that. Yes. Well, the, the Coney Island Polar Bear Club is is quite old from uh, either late 1800s or oh, 1903, I think was the first one. It was led by this guy who was sort of like, uh, like <laughs> the, the 1903 version of like, Huberman or like, you know, an influencer like that, uh, who sort of had had some, um, maybe even like a Joe Rogan type. Um, and he was also the inventor of a penis pump for male enha- enhancement. And it was, <laughs> you know, this, this all and it was fits called the together, penis right? Yes. <laughs> this fits together because, you know, you mentioned Huberman. I think many listeners know who Huberman is, but that's really key to the popularization, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it's so. Who is Huberman? So Tell a- us. Who Andrew that. Huberman is a, um, I, I believe, he's a neuroscientist at Stanford, and was a um, ran a lab at Stanford for a while. Still, I think does, and he does a lot of of like neuroscience experiments with like the effects of you know daylight and circadian rhythms and you know stuff that sort of ties into like optimization culture. Uh, and he, he's the he's the one who told you. To tell me that, like, when we travel internationally, that the first thing we should do is like go stare at the sun. Yeah, he's big into. The, I mean, not it's not even internationally. Every day you're supposed to like wake up, and the first thing you do is you're supposed <laughs> to stare direct. Like, like don't focus your eye, your retinas on the on the sun, but stare like as close sort of to it for um, like at least five minutes in direct sunlight to like wake your body up um he's got a lot of stuff like that it's interesting so uh, he has and, and he has a very popular podcast in, so in 2020 uh he started going on podcasts uh, i think he went oh. on rogan's he went on some of these other like tim ferris uh, these sort of self-helpy uh people and or i mean rogan obviously branches into other things but popular podcasts and was such a popular guest he started his own and the andrew huberman podcast is essentially anywhere between like 90 minutes and three hours of him in a dark room just reading off stuff about studies like it's it's just it's like a science lecture it's a neuroscience lecture like two-thirds of the time other times he interviews a guest but it is ridiculously popular it's like the fifth most popular podcast in the land which is all just to say that this guy is like for better or worse, he's just very influential. Um, and he is a he is a plunge advocate. And, you know, I think this is like a larger conversation in some ways. But I think that like his, the popularity of his thinking and like biohacking more generally, just this idea that you can optimize your body in all these different ways through attention to science and through attention to scientific studies and like be your best self. Why do you think it's so popular now? I spoke to this summer, I was reporting around for this, and I spoke to the founder of, of Plunge, which is like the highest end tub, right? They're like the $6,000 ones. Um, and he's obviously really into this stuff. But I was asking him, like, why do you think this is a thing now, right? Like, obviously, the benefits aside or whatever, like, why is this a thing? 
And he said that like COVID was a real like jump starter for this in a lot of complex ways, right? Ways that some people, you know, some of your listeners might agree with and others that, that, you know, maybe like they won't. Um, but what, what he said is basically like COVID did two things, right? It revealed a importance on being healthy. A lot of people picked up habits during COVID that were unhealthy, whether it was, you know, coping through drinking or, or what have you, or it was just kind of like a shock to, you know, normal systems of like people spend a long time without going out to bars or things like that. And that there was an, an idea of focus on health and also change. And then there's sort of a reactionary element to all that, which is like a, a reaction against public health, right? And this idea of like, you know, again, it, it gets all messy, but there's people who are sort of like trying to take their health into their own hands, right? Because they don't right. trust what other people are saying about it. So there's right, two right, branches right. of of this tree, two different camps. But one of the big things that he was kind of pushing and that a lot of people in this are, are pushing is that that there is broadly culturally different understandings and influences on health. And so like there are lots of plunge clubs. There's like lots of like sort of like little plungy like festivals that people can go to where it's like this is a way to hang out. This is a thing to do. And like, you know, we don't necessarily subscribe to that, right? But like when we went plunging on the audio there, like we went with our friends. Like it is like a social thing you can do. And there's like an excitement about it and makes you feel really good and chatty. So I do think that there is this like this is tied up in a lot of complex things, especially like the internet part of it, right? And like the social influencers and all that. But I think there is also broadly speaking, new ways of socialization and new norms around, you know, like the traditional method of like going out to the bar and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that there's like on one end, there's people who are doing it because it feels kind of cool to in your body when you do it. And also it's fun to do with other people and it's a a mechanism for social gathering and we don't have a ton of those, right? So there's that end. And then on the other end, there's like people with the $6,000 tubs or paying for entrance into places where they can do these plunges, right? Who authentically think of themselves as like better than other people because they do these plunges, right? Because they this is part of how they have become a superior person or like an optimized person. So that's just my my polls that I'm setting up here. Yeah. Part of the question that led into all this is, and like we talked about like like Wim Hof yeah. for a second, he, his big thing is breathing exercises, like these really deep breathing things that like get you into whatever. And, and they're controversial too, because like people have passed out or like, you know, like had seizures doing them because they're so serious, but they're supposed to like be kind of like transcendent right it's almost like having like a you know like a spiritual experience you know people talk about having on them again not for me to say but alongside the cold plunging is also this like this idea of like these deep breathing things like um and there are facilities like the guy who cuts my hair uh is like really into like he's a sober person living this sort of like active optimization lifestyle uh he's like an uh, aesthetic or that's not the word. He's ascetic. Like ascetic. Ascetic. <laughs> like the word, like a monk. Like he like is very into like a simple, yeah. straightforward life like that. And yeah. he always tells me about this place and I don't know what it's called right now, but it's like a, essentially like a spa in San Diego where he goes like every couple of months and it's all breathing, all hot and cold. So saunas and plunges and yoga and then massage. And like the way that he describes it is like 
you know, it, it sounds like, oh man, like we all get in this room, we do these breathings and these chants and then we plunge or whatever. And it's like, there's a way in which you can read that and go like, that's weird. Um, or that's, you know, whatever. But it's also like, it's not totally different from like cold plunging is part of the, of the normal spa experience, right? It's that idea yeah. of treating yourself. This is just more of like a sort of like, I guess, intense level of treating yourself in that way. So there's a luxury element to it for sure. I would also say that that situation does not sound dissimilar from some religious gatherings. Uh, and that, that I mean, that's part of this too, when we're talking about like an opportunity for a social gathering that feels, that makes you feel something. That is oftentimes why people go to church. This question is another kind of bro question, but also it's about plunge etiquette. So I think this will be an interesting one for us. This comes from Megan. I'm curious as to why or how bro culture has quote unquote taken over cold plunging. For context, I've been dipping all winter long in uh, my nearby lake here in Vermont. And when I first started uh, more than four years ago, it was just, if I saw anyone, it was small groups of women, usually middle-aged or older. It was a pretty quiet affair. I'd say just within the last year, pretty regularly, I've been seeing large groups of bros. By bros, I mean sort of like cut white dudes in their 20s. Uh, I was down there not too long ago at this popular spot and over 15 guys just charged into the water uh, yelling um, like some sort of raid while my friend and I were peacefully uh, sitting in the water. For me, the practice is uh, confidence building. It's about mindfulness. Um, it's a way to be in nature and quiet my mind. It seems to have some other purpose for this group. I think there's plenty of room for all of us. I don't want to be exclusionary. I'm just curious as to what's causing this cultural shift. First, I want to start with the fact that, like, obviously you heard us doing some <laughs> whooping and charging <laughs> in the audio for ours. But what is the etiquette around screaming? Because another person wrote in about being at a spa that had a cold plunging thing, but you weren't allowed to make noises when you got in because they were trying to, like, keep the peaceful environment at the at the spa. So that may be a little different. But, like, what are the rules? I've gotten into the uh cold plunge tiktok algorithm unsurprisingly mm, you sort yeah. of show your bona fides by how like calm and cool you can keep it you know like there are these guys yeah. who are um they're, they're all like extremely chiseled you know like not like bodybuilders but just like lean sinewy dudes. zero body fat yeah yeah um and they don't seem like like douchebags honestly like I, who knows right but like the like the way that they are doing it is more like they're just talking about like the, you know their practice and like i do this for two minutes every day before i go and like wake my kids up whatever anyway isn't there a guy that you showed me that like just films his plunge every day and he's like really popular yeah his name's jordan something and he's on uh he's on like day uh, I, I mean, as we record this, he's on like day like 379 of doing an ice bath every day. And he like every day he comes in in the winter, he lives in Canada. He'll like find a different way to break uh, the ice because he uses like a feet, like a stock tub from like a, a farm's, you know, supply place. And it's just, you know, naturally frozen over. So he'll like break the tub 
and then he'll say, this is day whatever of me doing an ice bath every day. And he gets in it and he just, you know, he's always wearing his like a stocking cap and he just, you know, like makes quiet noises. He suppresses it. Uh, and then he does like a motivational quote. Um, he's very popular. I think he's got over like 2 million followers on TikTok. Why, why do people like watching that? Like, why do you like watching it? Well, I don't, I don't know if I like it necessarily. I mean, it's interesting to see, um, like, I mean, I like the ritual, I'll say. Like, that's the that's sort of why yeah. I was, like, hovering, you know, my cursor or my mouse button or whatever over the, um, you know, like, oh, what, what are the specs of this, you know, a backdoor tub? Because it's, like, the idea of, like, doing something every day. Like, I really – I like that. I like the idea of aspirational routine. So I think that there's something mm-hmm. about that um, in there. I don't – I usually never watch the parts of the video where he does, like, the motivational thing where he's, like, you know, like <laughs> – whatever um uh anyway there's like the bona fides right like in terms of etiquette where it's like if you're one of those people who does it all the time you know it's like act like you've been there before right like you get in and you just ooh, and that's it and you keep it keep it chill um and i also think it gets it does get easier like if you do it with frequency your body's less shocked by it i think that it's just like anything right it just depends on the environment you're in like if you're in yeah. a spa environment, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's probably best not to just like scream bloody murder, right? Or like have <laughs> you and five of your friends like cannonball into like the cold plunge tub in the, you know, the place where everyone's like listening to Enya. Like, like that's not, that's just like not a chill thing to do. But if you're like in the ocean with your friends and, you know, you guys are just like trying to have a fun experience together, like, yeah. I don't think that's a, that's a terrible thing. In the situation of like, we have like a small cove, I personally, a conflict avoidant person would go a little bit further away. Um, But I also think like, it's, some of it is involuntary, right? Like your body's going to do what you're going to do if you're not used to that stuff. And yeah. If you're Anne Helen Peterson, you're going to scream at the top of your lungs and say Christ <laughs> no, on the cross. I, I, will say, <laughs> I will say that when I get in... If I'm by myself, I like I'm muttering, but I'm not like screaming, right? Because who are you screaming for? <laughs> like some of this is performative, and I think that what she's seen is in some ways like these guys performing for one another, or like the same way that they would before, you know, as she points out, like running into yeah. battle, uh, and that probably that that energy will dissipate, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, um, and I will say like as far as like groups of dudes doing things in a destructive way like a bunch of them cold plunging in you know a cove is like probably like the best thing you could ask a group of 20 something dudes to be doing um uh you know i'd much rather them be doing that than like 99 percent of other things that guys get together to do so um you know i don't know yeah go easy on the bros just there uh, and then you know go hard on on the bros everywhere else else. So this next question is about cold plunging in wellness and like wellness trends overall. So this is from Brianna. I'm fascinated by the upticked interest in cold plunging. It's something that every algorithm seems insistent on me doing for wellness. And while I logically understand the supposed benefits, I just can't get into it. I've tried a cold shower routine before and it's miserable. What's the larger why behind the continued emergence of these wellness hacks? Does it always come back to trying to exert control over our lives when the universe is largely chaotic? Is it a replacement for spiritual practices that used to take place in religious communities? 
Is it tech bros seeing troubling economic trends and trying to optimize every part of their lives through individual behavior? Is it puritanical instincts wrapped in a new package to discourage us from ever doing anything that is comfortable and enjoyable? But maybe most importantly, why do we in modern society still believe that suffering is a requirement for self-improvement and self-actualization? Is it? Wow, this person just like wrote the first paragraph to like any piece that you want to write in the future about cold plunging. You should thank them for that. That's like all of the guiding questions that can can guide an essay. Yeah, my response to those questions is just going to be yes. Um, <laughs> Cuz like wow, there, there's so much there. I mean, we've talked I mean, some of these we've already addressed, yeah. right? We've talked about the the religious component, the gathering component and how that's feeding something. We've talked about the covid component as well and how that relates to like a general both an individualization of health practices, like trying to figure out what works for me, but then also like trying to, I think I've seen a lot of this, like trying to make changes in oneself post COVID because of the frailty of the human condition and all those sorts of things. I'm interested, we can start with at least the whole, like everything is chaos, but we can control this. What do you think about that? I think that's, I think that's like dead on, right? I, I think I think that's a huge part of it. I also think it's like, again, like let's not undercount the endorphin boost and like the need yeah. that a lot of people have for that, right? Like it's just, that's, I mean, that's why people turn to all sorts of awful, terrible things um, just when life's hard, when life feels chaotic, right? So that's, that's, that's a total thing. Um, I want to, to like address though the like there's a nugget in that question that's just like I just can't get into it like what's wrong with me it's like don't worry mm. about that but I think that like this is sort of the tough part about I've been thinking a lot about this with just the internet in general is it forces you to see how so many people live right and like I think in a way that we were never supposed to you're like, you're just like not supposed to be bombarded with like that much difference and I don't mean like you know diversity of thought or whatever like I I just mean like there's just like there's a lot of people who live their lives in ways where you're like uh pass um and you just like have to be (laughs) subjected to it and also like the way that the internet delivers that to you is like my different way of doing something my you know whatever is also virtuous in some way that's like how it's often presented there are plenty of people who live active, healthy lives and never touch an endurance sport ever, right? And then there's other people for whom endurance sports give them sort of like their reason to, you know, to be and wake up in the morning and like there's nothing better than riding the high of of an ultra marathon or whatever it is, right? It's like there's just a lot of ways to be in the world. And I think that like like the plunge phenomenon is – I've seen it compared in places to the same kind of exercise or like wellness fads as like, you know – jazzercising or like you know using those like rubber bands that like you know went around your waist or whatever like I think that there's a bit of that that is just this this time this generation's like fad or way of being or way of feeling superior Um, and I just think that like you can live a happy healthy life without ever jumping into a cold body of water (laughs) you know and I think one of the reasons it feels like it's everywhere is because it's very Instagrammable, right? Like it is something that like is proof of life, <laughs> like proof of getting outside, proof of doing something like weird and fun. And thus it travels in a way that 
all of the other parts of our day do not travel. But I also support you in the like, some people don't have to do it. Like it just you don't have to feel like you should do it. Like it doesn't make you a better or a worse person. It does not make you more virtuous, which this kind of keys into the whole like Protestant suffering thing. Like suffering does not make you better necessarily. And and to be like internety about it, like the algorithms that dictate what we see on all sorts of platforms are driven by optimizing for engagement and things that are extreme optimize engagement, whether it's extreme political thought, an extreme take, whatever. And this is sort of like, especially given sort of the rise of, of, you know, Instagram reels and TikTok and like sort of a visual internet, short form video internet, it is, it is like a form of extremism, right? Like it's extreme content. And so therefore it plays really well. Like you asked me, why do I want to watch this Jordan dude get in the tub? And like, I don't have a good answer for you for that unless I'm thinking about it through the prism of like, I guess I kind of want to see like what his reaction is or what other people's reaction is. And like, if you do that once or twice, just because as a human, you're interested, like, oh, this person's plunging into a tub that's got ice floating on the top of it. Then TikTok picks up on that or Instagram or whatever and says like, oh, you want to see a lot of people cold plunging. And then you start seeing it everywhere. And then you see the ads, which are like, brutal like the entire holiday season was just that company plunge just like inundating me and being like you want a six thousand dollar tub do you want a six thousand dollar tub would you like a six thousand dollar tub it's like nuts wait it's it's five percent off would you like yeah the black friday tub, tub deal where it's still uh fifty five hundred dollars um yeah uh, it's great it's, it's lovely stuff Okay, for today's bonus segment, we're going to answer one more question about cold plunging, but also about how other people react to unique hobbies. And then we have advice time, and Charlie and I will answer a very pertinent question about pets. Will our relationship survive? (laughs) If that piques your interest, head to culturestudypod.substack.com and become a paid subscriber to get full ad-free episodes and to support the show. Charlie, if people want to hear more from you on the internet... Where can they find you? Oh, gosh. The internet's broken. Um, buy a subscription to The Atlantic so we can eat. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm legitimately trying to think of where to direct human beings. No, they could, like, they could, well, you have a lot of dog photos and, like, occasional plun photos on your Instagram. Um, on Instagram, I'm at C. Warzel. I'm at C. Warzel on threads. I'm at C. Warzel on Blue Sky. I don't check Elon Musk's social network anymore. So, don't find me there. Um, and and uh, I write at The Atlantic every week. So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Culture Study Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We have so many great episodes in the works, and I promise you don't want to miss any of them. If you want to suggest a topic, ask a question about the culture that surrounds you, or submit a question for our subscriber-only advice time segment, check the show notes for a link to our Substack. If you want to support the show and get bonus content, head to culturestudypod.substack.com. It's five bucks a month or $50 a year, and you'll get ad-free episodes, an exclusive advice time segment, weekly discussion threads for each episode, and a link to a special Google form so that your questions go to the front of the line. 
The Culture Study Podcast is produced by me, Anne Helen Peterson, and Melody Rowell. Our music is by Poddington Bear. You can find me on Instagram at Anne Helen Peterson, Melody at Melodious47, and the show at Culture Study Pod. Thank you so much for your support. <laughs>